Hey y'all, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show, episode 75, and this week um, it is a live recording of the service um, that we did in the prison down in Guyana, um, so you might want to turn your volume up a little bit since it is a live recording, um, but as always, you know, we all have a story, we all have struggles, and the good news is we're not alone. Um, and if you want to come on, share your story, um, struggles, and uh, be vulnerable, would love to have you on. Or if you'd love to connect, uh, please reach out. Um, you know, our email is therabbitholeshow21 at gmail.com. Shoot me a text or reach out on social media. Um, our Instagram is the rabbit hole show, all underscores. Um, love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Please share, um, subscribe, and uh, enjoy um, the service um, that our team did down in Guyana in the prisons. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. To be here once more again, giving God praise, rejoicing in His presence. Amen. Amen. Today, without further ado, I want to invite you to stand to your feet with me as we're going to open today's service with a word of prayer. Whenever it's now and every eyes closed, God, we give you praise, we give you thanks, we give you glory. Indeed, Lord, there is no one like you, there is no one worthy to be praised but you alone. And my God, this morning, oh God, I lift up every life bowing before your presence, my God, each and every one of your sons that is here right now, my God. I pray, oh God, that today, oh God, that you're going to minister to their hearts, minister to their life, my God. I pray, oh Lord, that your presence is going to consume each and every one of us, oh God. Let us have a personal encounter with you, my God. I pray, oh God, that every barriers, every walls are going to be broken today, my God. I pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, that hearts are going to be mend, my God. I pray, Lord, that you draw your sons closer to you, my God. Place everything into your mighty hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We may stand in. We're going to get into a time of worship. We are here from Celebration of Love Outreach. And this is what we do for the past 17 years or so. We've been going to all the prisons and preaching gospel. So this is our annual foot washing ministry. What we're going to do here this morning. Yeah. 
but I am a child of God. We're going to do a couple choruses. All right. We're going to mash up the devil in Jesus' name, right? So remember, when you mash, right?
Give it up for Jesus. All right, you can be seated. Okay, we have Sister Megan, and she will come and do a song for us. Right after that, we have Sister Christy, and she will share what God has laid on her heart. song before I sing it. It's a song called Clean. And it starts with the writer wrote this song about how broken she was and how shattered she was and how she saw herself as unworthy. But when she came before the Father, that he saw her beautiful and whole. And some of you guys may be feeling that way today. Like, you're not worthy. You're not worthy to come before the Lord. Guess what? You're not. But he is. And he wants you there. And he sees you as beautiful and whole, handsome and winsome. So let me sing this song over you, clean.
find somewhere to put this thing. All right, I think I'm gonna hold it. <laughs> so I am Christy, coming from America, and my husband sends his greetings. This is my fifth time to Guyana. He's been here the last four times, but he had to stay back for work. So he says a big hello and wishes he was here. So a little bit about myself. I think if there was one word to like summarize my entire life, it would be lonely. Can anybody resonate with feeling lonely? Am I the only one here? I don't think so. So I want to tell you that I'm talking to you guys personally right now. I actually spent a lot of time before I came here preparing notes. And when I got here, God has kept me up every night going, that's not what you're going to say. I'm like, okay. So every day it's been something totally different. And the reason is it's because you guys are totally different from everybody you meet, right? We all have our own story. And I want you to know that he has you here today for this time, this reason, this purpose. And he has a message just for you. So if you've ever been lonely, you're in the right Place. So I, uh, let's see, my mom was married twice, both dads left me, second dad was uh, uh, not a nice person to us, um, she got cancer when I was 16, 15, she died when I was 16, so I was, I was orphaned at that point, so left, I was left by both dads, left by my mom, she couldn't help that, uh, favorite dog. Her name was Tootsie. She was my best friend. She's my. She was like my only friend growing up. I'm kind of different. I, I I'm autistic, so I look at the world a little bit differently. I process things a little bit differently. Doesn't mean I'm broken. Just means I am unique today, and I am okay with that. <laughs> so Tootsie was my best friend, and when my mom died, everything in my life fell apart. Pick a thing. I lost it. Lost her. My dog, I had to put my dog down because she stopped eating because of the stress that was happening. I lost my home. My first serious boyfriend broke up with me to go with my best friend. How's that? Is that great? Yeah. I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, yeah, sorry. I'm like, wow, okay. So then the rest of my friends looked at me and they're like, you know, we love you, Christy, but you are a trade wreck. And we can't help you. And they all turned around and left me. So the night before my mom's funeral, I got into a car accident. I was speeding. And the reason I was speeding is because I wanted to die. I'm not being dramatic. I wanted to die. I had nothing left. So I started driving my eight-cylinder 74 Cadillac really fast. I wasn't going to like purposely take my life because I know that's wrong. But I thought, you know, if I just accidentally wrap around a telephone pole, oops. If I accidentally turn it over in a ditch, oops. If I accidentally drive off a bridge, oops. But the end result will be the same. I get to leave this planet, which is what I wanted to do. So I was speeding the night before her funeral, got in a car accident, never wanted anyone else to get hurt. We hit head on. She ran a yield sign. I was going 60 at a 25. So there was an officer behind me the whole way that saw the whole thing. So he was taking me home, and I was charged with all kinds of things. First thing he did was take my license, so I lost my freedom. And I'm in the back of the car, the hot car, the place you never want to be. And he calls it in. And at this point, let's see, I lost my house. My mom died in debt, so first of all, we had no money. And then what we did have, we had to sell to pay the hospital bills. 
Lost my friends, lost my family. My sister just couldn't handle things and went her own way. I didn't know where I was going to live. I was going to go in the foster care system as an orphan. My grandparents took me in, thankfully. So on the way home, he calls it in and he says, I've got a Caucasian female, age 16. And I'm like, that's who I am? That's all I am? I thought I had lost everything, you guys. But at that point, I lost my name. I lost my identity. I was nothing more than a Caucasian female, age 16, who had never even been called down by a teacher once in her life. And now I'm in this situation. Went to court, had to serve community service, had a probation officer, did all that good stuff. Right? So the night before a funeral, I said, that's it, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I don't want to be here anymore. I said, God, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to lay my head on this pillow, but I want you to take my life tonight. Have you been in a place, gentlemen, where you have given up your will to live? It is not what it looks like in the movies. There's no melodramatic music. There's no rain and thunder. It is simply someone alone in their room feeling like there is no one left on this planet that cares if they live or die. You want to feel forgotten. You feel invisible. You feel left behind. You feel left over. And you feel like it doesn't matter. It wouldn't make a ripple in time if you did not ever wake up again. And I said, I want you to take my life tonight, God. Don't do this to me. Don't make me live this life. It's too hard. Then I said, but, but, if you have a plan for me, if there is some reason why I was a mistake pregnancy, if there is a reason why I'm here, if you have a plan, if you have a way to redeem any of this, then you keep my heart beating and lungs breathing. You wake me up tomorrow. If there's not a plan, I'm fine with that. Take me home. So the next morning, I woke up. I first thing I did was sat up in bed. And I was like, I can't believe I'm still here. And this weird seed of hope started growing in my heart on a day that I was about to go bury my mom. She's all I had left. I was about to put her in the ground, and there was this weird, like, hopeful joy in me. So after the funeral, I started having a panic attack at 16. Didn't know what that was. Thought I was having a heart attack. So I went and excused myself. Thought I shouldn't do that in front of everybody. And I'm in the back room, and I can't breathe. My throat's closing up. Hair on the back of my neck is standing up. You know, anyone know what I'm feeling? You're shaking. You can't make sense of anything. You're just kind of shutting down. And I couldn't breathe. And I said, God, I need something from you right now. Right now. Right now. I can't breathe. And so I flipped open my Bible, and I read a passage I had never seen before in my life. It was Jesus speaking. There was a word that defined me besides lonely that I couldn't handle. It was too much. Have you had so many labels stacked on your name that you just say, I can't handle one more? I went to a high school that was far richer than what we can afford. The public school, I don't know how I was there. So they had all the things that I didn't have. I was, I was poor, I was divorced twice, you know, my mom just died. The thing I couldn't handle was the word orphan. That one did it. That was the one that was a bridge too far for me. And I didn't tell anybody that because I didn't want anyone to know my secret. Because if they knew my label that would kill me would be orphan, then they could use it against me. So I didn't tell anybody. So I opened my Bible and I was like, God, I need you right now. And I looked down, I read a passage from Jesus that said, are you ready? 
with orphans, I will come to you. And I dropped my Bible. And I was like, how did you know? How did you know my secret? I didn't tell anybody that. Nobody knew my secret. He said, girl, I know you. I made you. I know everything about you. I know. I know what hurts you the most. And in that moment, the weirdest thing happened, guys. The power that that had, that the word orphan had over me, stopped. It's like he took an arrow of it and just broke it over his knee. And it didn't hurt me anymore. And I'm like, what is happening? How is this thing that I was terrified of not hurting me anymore? And he said, because I'm going to use it for my glory and you're good. And I said, okay, God, listen. I'll do this life with one condition. That you never, ever, ever, ever leave me. If you're keeping me here, you have to stay right here with me. And we're going to walk in lockstep together every day. And I'm not doing it without you. And he said, fair. Let's do it. And I want to tell you guys something. This is our third day being here. You know what I've heard a lot of? A lot of the guys that I've talked with, you guys are lonely. That's what I'm hearing. You miss your wives, you miss your kids, you miss your freedom. I had one guy in tears. He said, as long as I've been here, not one person has come to visit me. My entire family has turned their back on me. And what I want to tell you today, I get lonely. <laughs> I get it. I didn't have friends in high school. Lost all of it. Jesus. One that sticks closer than a brother. He is the one that is there when nobody else is. He shows up and he goes, you know what? I know what hurts you the most. And I, if you will trust me to take it from you, give it to me, and I will make it not hurt you anymore. My condition didn't change. My life, like my mom didn't come back to life. I didn't get all my stuff back. I didn't get my boyfriend back. I didn't, none of that changed. But you know what changed? My heart changed. Because now I didn't have to do this world by myself. And every day I could get up. Every day I could get up. And go, okay, God, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. And he provides. He provides in ways that you don't even know that you need it. I said yesterday in my heart when I woke up yesterday. This isn't some, like, testimony that was scripted years ago. This is, like, real time happening, guys. Because there are gentlemen here that need to hear this. He put you here because he didn't let me die back then because he knew in 2023 I'd be standing in this prison in Guyana. Back in 1987, I didn't know Guyana was a country. And now I've been there five times. He knew I'd be here today because you need to hear that he doesn't want you to be lonely. He's here for you and he is enough. He is so more than enough. I get told a lot that I'm like this joyful person. I mean, I don't, I don't really see that because I'm just kind of doing life. But it is, it is him in me, and it can be him in you. Or you're like happy, you don't even know why. Even when like your life is like not great, we all have that. He's here for you. He's here for you today. He's reaching out his hand. He's asking you to say, just trust me. Just take a chance on me. I know everybody else has given up on you. I know you feel forgotten. I know you feel rejected and abandoned and lonely. Guys, I still wrestle with feelings of abandonment. I am so traumatized by everything that happened in the past that when we get on the bus to go places, 
you should have seen me running down the stairs today not miss this bus because I still feel like people are going to forget me. I have to have my husband, when I go into the grocery store to get one thing and he waits for me in the car, he has to text a picture of where the car is. Because if I can't come out instantly see his car, I'm like, he forgot me. I've been married 33 years. How is my husband going to get me at the grocery store? But that is what happens when you have a heart that has been chewed up and spit out by the world. So do I carry scars? Yes, I do. But you know something? Jesus' scars on that cross are healing, and they're bigger, and they're more powerful. And even if I can't find my husband's car instantly when I come out of the store, now I can say, it's okay. It's okay. God's got me. If I have to walk home, if he did forgive me, I'll walk home with Jesus. It's okay. It's okay. So today is your opportunity. If you've never truly, truly taken a chance to trust God, to trust Jesus with your salvation. I don't know how many times you may have heard this. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But if you could take a chance to trust the creator who
of Jesus. He is everything to me. This time we have Brother Chad and he will come and share with you his life story. Afternoon, brothers. How y'all doing? Alright. Um, so my journey, um, I was incarcerated. Um, I've been to eight rehabs, five psych wards, in and out of jail. Grew up in a Christian family, but it started at a young age. I compared myself to everyone, neighbors, peers, thought I was less than. And over time, I really believed I was less than and started to live that way. I didn't think I was going to amount to anything. I didn't think I had purpose in life. And so it resulted in rehab, drugs, incarceration, psych wards. And at the end, my family didn't even talk to me for a while. So 2012, um, senior in college, had a close family friend like a brother was killed. And that's when everything in my life started to spiral downwards. So I wanted the girls to love me and the guys to fear me. I wasn't gonna let anybody push me around. So I was fighting all the time. So if people were getting close to me, I would push them away. I'd do something so they wouldn't know how broken I was, how hurt I was. And I was broken. Tried suicide five times. First time, or first time I got arrested, 2010. And then I graduate college in 2013, get arrested again in 2015. 2016, January is my first time in the psych ward. A girl I was dating at the time, some dude from her past reached out, told me some stuff and I snapped. So I got put in the psych ward for homicidal ideation. Thankfully, I had a panic attack before I got to the guy. Then I go to rehab, first rehab. I'm there seven weeks and I say, I'm done, I don't need this. So I go back out. If you've ever heard the twofold is harder, I got arrested again a couple months later. And then it was the in and out of the hospital, ER from fighting, drunk, drug accidents. And security was always waiting for me at the door because I was very violent. My drug of choice was cocaine and then turned into snorting meth. So in 2019, the January, I end up in the psych ward again. I've been in psychosis for eight months. I was seeing and hearing things for eight months. Drug induced. I wasn't sleeping every two, three days. I'd sleep four hours. Repeat. So one day, January 2019, my mind just starts to shut all the way down. My paranoia is heightened. I see uh, a guy who I worked with who uh, I feared in my mind, saw him chasing me. So I went to go get my gun to protect myself. Thankfully, I had a roommate who's bigger than me and was able to take that gun from me. See what wasn't there. It was my paranoia, the drug induced. So I end up in the psych ward, I get out, and then I go to another rehab. I'm there, and then in March, so I'm there, residential, and then I'm there, you know, uh, going Monday through Friday for like eight hours. So when I'm out, I'm still doing drugs, still drinking, still partying, 
in March. I go out one night and I hadn't been able to kill myself. Just take it back, I forgot to mention January, the night I go to the psych ward, I left work earlier that day. I was driving home to get my gun to go shoot myself. I couldn't take it anymore. Because again, going back, I compared myself to everyone else. And I believed I was a failure, no one loved me, so I didn't love myself. I was a piece of crap, you name it, I thought it, and I believed it, and that's how I was living. Running in the streets of gangs, living that lifestyle. But I get home, and my roommate's mom and the appraiser were at the house on the front porch. I get there, I can't go in and get my gun and take myself out of this world. So now I'm able to look back and see that God had a plan every time that I was supposed to, that I was gotten shot at, I was trying to end my life. God was there, as Christy was talking about prior. He didn't leave me. So in March, I hadn't been able to end my life. An altercation happened. I was getting jumped by 10 guys. A guy pulled a gun out. And I see this as an opportunity to get murdered, suicide, because my family won't see it as I took my life. Someone took my life. So I walk up to him, the gun's on my forehead, and I say, you're not man enough to pull that trigger. For some reason, he didn't pull the trigger. I turn around, because he says, get out of here. I turn around and walk away. I say some explicit to him, give him one more chance to shoot me in the back, take me out of my misery. He doesn't. So I have to go back to rehab. I finally get kicked out of that one, put in the psych ward. Flown to another state, put in that one, kicked out, another one kicked out. Been sent to another state, kicked out. And I'm getting kicked out for fighting. Because I still haven't released any of that stuff that I've dealt with, the trauma. I've just been pushing it down. I don't want people to know how broken I am, and I'm broken. So I get kicked out from the psych ward again. I finally get released from the psych ward. Family friend comes and picks me up and takes me to another, uh, this one was a church treatment center. I'm there, I get kicked off the farm. There's two phases. The farm phase, I get kicked off and I'm put in the downtown phase. I don't want to be there, I'm ready to go home. So within five months, I get kicked out again. And I'm like, all right, I can go home. Things are going well. And then I get back into the old ways of how I used to live. Start running the streets again. Back into drugs, heavy drinking, girls. And then towards the end, I stopped talking to my family, or they stopped talking to me. So in February of 2021, I'm getting a tattoo done that's not finished still. Those drugging dudes hadn't slept the night before. And I fall asleep while he's tapping me up. And I wake up thinking I'm getting robbed and stabbed because I'm in psychosis, drug induced. And I react accordingly, thinking I'm getting stabbed and robbed and I need to protect myself. So I flee to the tattoo shop and then I get hit by a car, put in the hospital. Family comes, picks me up, drops me off, doesn't talk to me. And then I go to another rehab. I'm like, I gotta get my stuff together, you know. I can't keep living this way. I was just getting, I had COVID prior. I was just getting high the whole time while I had COVID by myself, just depressed. So I go to this treatment center. 
I drive myself there, I get high the whole way to this treatment center, I complete it. And then within an hour, I get arrested on a lot of felony charges, facing 15 to 20 years prison time. I got high in the parking lot of the rehab when I was getting ready to go home. I drove up there with all my guns, ammo. Thankfully, the ammo was locked up in the safe. So when I left, I didn't have the ammo because the guy there wasn't there to get it back to me. And a guy was leaving the rehab with me. And I got paranoid because I, I got high and was freaking out. And for me, when I would get paranoid, it would be a spiritual battle between God and Satan. And he was wearing red, and so I thought he was saving my drug-induced psychosis. Pulled a gun on him, beat him up, put him in the hospital, fled, broke into a church. In my mind, I was like, Satan won't want to break her come into a church. So the state or the police come, and I get charged on um, state charges. The guy that was with me showed me grace and decided not to press charges. So I was facing burglary and other illicit charges. I got out on a plea deal. The prison didn't scare me because I'd been in and out of jail for a long time. And that's what I was destined in my mind, either death or prison. But 24 days later, I go on another bender. And I wake up two days later on life support, the ventilator and everything, found out I had died from a drug overdose. My heart had given out. I'm able to look back now and see what God had done. Because a fire truck was just passing by. They weren't called on me. No one was called on me. fire truck was passing by and just saw me on the sidewalk, took me to the hospital. The admitting nurse there, was one of my good friend's older sister was able to identify my body and call my family to come say goodbye to me. And two days later, I wake up. But I knew the outcome, but I thought I was invincible and nothing was going to happen to me. And when I woke up off life sport, I knew I had to make a change. I know y'all are sitting here right now, but when you get out, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to your old ways, running the streets, drugs, or you want to, you want to keep coming back in here? Or are you tired of this, this lifestyle and want to have your freedom? You got to think about that while you're in here and kind of plan for when you get out. Because I had to cut out some best friends, people that I was close with, because I kept getting in trouble. And it's hard to do. But two, 27 months ago, my life changed. And it didn't happen right then. It took a little bit of time. But I can tell you the lifestyle now is a lot better than having to look over my shoulder, fearing for my life, wanting to end my life, not having my freedom. So I just want you all to think about what are you going to do when you get out? How are you going to live? Do you want your family to talk to you? Do you want to have a relationship with them? Girlfriend, wife, kids. You gotta start thinking about that now before you get out. Because when you get out, that fast lifestyle hits you hard before you know you're back in here or your family's burying you. And it's not worth it. I just wanna thank y'all for allowing me to share my story. And just, God is with y'all. He was with me even though I didn't think he was. I'm able to look back now with a clear head and see all the times that God saved my life and gave me a story, a testimony. It's his story, but to share it with 
y'all and the places I travel to share my story. God, thank y'all, love y'all. Thank you. Brother Chuck. The same God that done that for Chuck, the same God can do that for anyone of you here this morning. Just before we get into our foot washing, I would like to share with you and explain to you that little bond that we put on your hand with the five color. Some of you probably look at it and said, what exactly is this? But those five colors that on that little yarn represent something from the Bible. And I'm going to explain it to you so that all of you can understand what exactly it is. And it's going to apply to each and every one of our life this morning. So I'm going to go through one by one from the black. The black bead represents sin. The Bible said in the beginning when God created this universe and God created mankind, God never intended for any one of us to die. God gave us a perfect life. God must provide our every needs. God gave us a life to live on and on forever and forever. God must provide us, provide, as I said, our every needs. We were so close to God that the Bible said God used to come down in the cool of the afternoon and walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. But something happened in that garden that changed the face of this earth. The Bible said, Adam and Eve sinned. They've been disobedient to God. God set a little rules in that garden. And said to them, you could eat of every tree in that garden except for one. But the Bible said, they have been disobedient. And they went and they eat of that tree. And the Bible said, God separate himself from us that day. We were so close to God. We were perfectly made. When God created this universe and God created mankind, when God looked down, God said it was good. But we sinned. The Bible said, for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. After man's sin, God separated himself from us. God gave us a short lifespan. He gave us three score and ten, that is seventy. However, there are some who live on to eighty or ninety or a little over a hundred. But that is still compared to those men in the book of Genesis that live 200, 300, 400, 500 years old. The Bible said Adam lived 930 years old. 
The world only span was live 969 years old. But guess what? The next verse said, and he died. Adam lived 930 years old and he died. Because of sin, we all have to die. You could say that there's someone in your community, Mr. John, lived nine, uh, sorry, 100 years old or 80 years old and he died. Because of sin, we all have to die. For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin leads to death. That is exactly where sin is going to lead us to death. But the gift of God is eternal life to Jesus Christ. And he is offering you that gift this morning. If you only put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We are all sinners, but Jesus came. Over 2,000 years ago, the Bible said in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, that when the fullness of time have come, God sent forth his son. Born of a virgin, born under the law to redeem you and I from the curse of the law. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago and he shed his blood. That's what the red bean represents. He shed his blood on the cross for all of us. Jesus did not deserve to die on that cross. He did not deserve to take all those lashes. He did not deserve to carry that cross down the road of Via Della Rosa up to the hill called Calvary. You and I deserve to carry that cross. You and I deserve to take all those lashes. But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son. He sent Jesus Christ to come to this earth, to die, shed his blood on the cross, so that we can wash whiter than snow. That is exactly what the white bead represents. Cleanliness. Whatever sin you commit, society may not forgive you. Your parents may not forgive you. Maybe you hurt somebody. They may not forgive you. But when you come to Jesus Christ, he will forgive you of all of your sin and he will wash you white and snow. So that is what the white bead represents. But the Bible said, after Jesus died and he rose again from the grave the third day, the Bible said, he gone to heaven. He gone to heaven. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would not tell you. But he said, I gone to prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. God only promises two destinies. It's either heaven with Jesus Christ or hell with the devil. The Bible said in the book of John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, Satan come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And Jesus is offering you that life this morning. If you only put your faith and trust in him, if you only accept him as your Lord and Savior. So the gold being represents streets of gold. Heaven, 
Great Father said we're going to walk on streets of gold. Any of you ever walk in a gold mine? Exactly, and after you got a big wash and keep spinning and spinning, that's why you pick up a little crumb. And you're going to sell it. Right? But when we get to heaven, we're going to walk on streets of gold. Like these thick concrete that are here, it's going to be gold. We're going to walk on streets of gold. So that is why I want the gold be represent heaven. Jesus going to prepare a place for all of us. But I always tell people there is a password to heaven. And that password is R-E-P-E-N-T. -E the Bible said we must repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The green bee represents growth. Just like if you plant a bacon tree, if you don't walk on and the rain will fall, what will happen? It's going to die. But if you water it, and you keep take care of it, it's going to keep growing, and it's going to bloom, and it's going to bring forth fruit. We are watered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're going to grow by reading our Bible, praise His name, worship Him, go to church, and we're going to grow. That's what the green bee represents. So my friend, you have an opportunity this morning, whether or not you want to choose sin. We choose to sin and separate ourselves from God. We have to make that choice to come back to him this morning. The Bible said if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. It's that simple. Confess your sin to Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Jesus said, here I am, standing at your door, knocking. Not your cell door, not your house door, not your vehicle door. But Jesus is knocking at your heart door right now. He's probably knocking up some, some of your heart right now. He wants to do business with you. He said, if anyone hear my voice and open up, he said, I will come in. And eat with you and you with you. Jesus wants to come into your heart. He wants to give you everlasting life. If you only put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Let me head bow and eyes closed. If you are here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You heard the messages, you heard the testimony. And right now, this is an opportunity for you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. So with every head bow and eyes closed, you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ. Just repeat this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I repent of my sins and I ask you to come into my heart and to save me. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I thank you for saving me. I thank you for rose again from the grave. And I thank you for being in heaven 
prepare a place for me so that when I die or if you come I'm going to be in heaven with you in Jesus name Amen with every head still bow and eyes closed you just prayed a prayer for the first time meaning it from your heart just raise your hand right where you are I'm going to pray for you Yes, I see those hands. Father, we thank you for your word on court this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your mercies in our life, oh God. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we can gather on this side of your vineyard when you command us that we must go into all the world and preach the gospel. Father, we thank you this morning for the many souls that lift their hands, indicate that they accept you as Lord and as Savior. Father, I pray right now that you will build a hedge of protection around them, O oh God. If there are anything that can hinder them from serving you, Lord, I pray that you will have your way in their life. I pray for your guidance, your protection on them, O oh God. Lord, you said in your word, when one soul come to know you, the entire heaven going to rejoice. Father, we see more than one here this morning. We rejoice with heaven for the many that lift their hands right now. Indicate that they accept you as Lord and as Savior. Father, I pray that you will have your way. And the rest of this morning activities, O oh God. Father, I pray that you will grant us the right word to speak to these brothers one and one this morning. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you all for tuning in this week to the Rabbit Hole Show. Um, love y'all. And stay tuned for next week. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, share. Um, and please reach out if you want to come on the show or if you just want to connect. Love y'all and thank y'all.